0: We ended up losing the game. And then in the handshake line, Dylan's like, dude, just make a goalie play attack. And I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> you're kidding me.
1: Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop
0: with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests.
1: This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast.
0: Now your host
1: coach Damon Wilson. Aww, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon. This is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie, and on this show, it's my job to track down any sort of coach that can help you level up your game, and we've got exactly that On this week's episode, it is Patrick Chapla from Powlax. Pack of Wolves lacrosse, Powlax. One of the coaches that I have followed for a while just in terms of leveling up my overall lacrosse IQ. He's got a ton of great videos on developing lacrosse players. Not so much goalies. That's where you're going to go to Lax Goalie Rat to get all your information. But if you want lacrosse IQ content, that's where he comes into play. And I wanted to have him on the show to talk about defense. My goal with this episode is for you to take away a little bit that you can uh, learn regarding defense and everything that happens on the defensive side of the ball. So I hope you get that out of this episode. And ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Patrick Chapla from Powlax. Before we start this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is the Lacrosse Goalie Summit. We recently concluded the summit in March where 13 amazing coaches gave absolutely incredible presentations about how to level up your lacrosse goalie game. We had Coach Jack Runkle talking about communication. We had a mental toughness coach. We had a mindset coach, a mindfulness coach. We had Amber Hill talking about mental health. So many awesome sessions. If you miss the event, you can still get access to these virtual coaching sessions, all the replays. Just go to goaliesummit.com. Liz Hogan gave a great presentation about developing your own lacrosse goalie drills. Alex Reddy, amazing presentation about saving more low shots. So if you want to grab those replays, they're still available. You can get them at goaliesummit.com. Just head over to www.goaliesummit.com. Enjoy the show. Awesome, too. Welcome to the show, Patrick Chapla from Palax. Patrick, how are we doing today?
0: Good, man. How are you?
1: Oh, doing really well. I was kind of joking before uh, we hit record here. This is going to be the most highly produced podcast <laughs> episode of lacrosse that we've got. We both got microphones. You look great. I like to think I look That's great. Me. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, you know, for those that don't know you, uh, I would love to hear kind of your story. And I thought maybe we could start with you know how you found this this wonderful sport.
0: So when I was five, my brother Chris had a friend in high school who picked up the sport and asked Chris to play and then my other older brother Nick he picked it up as well and so they played through high school we basically transitioned from being a soccer family to a lacrosse family and through the years whenever I was at my dad's house where that family was we would go throw and catch and I remember you know they would say things like oh my gosh like he's he's going lefty because they found it so late in high school and so I was going lefty at like six and so they were very you know um positive about all of kind of the aspects and so I really liked you know it just kind of became a part of our family and then I would do like anytime I was there and once I fell in love with it I would just have my stick everywhere I was I would do tricks and I just really fell in love with the act of becoming better in any time I was by myself and so I would watch tv I would practice switching hands I would practice all my tricks and yeah
1: yeah, that's interesting. I um, sort of started playing organized lacrosse in college, so I was like way older, wow. but I was I was the same as you, where like once I found it, I was just like, this is amazing, and you know I'm like this 18 year old kid like hitting the wall, carrying my stick around like a true lax rat, you know, at at, yeah. at such a late age. But it sounds like you know that that was you, um, which is interesting because you said you grew up in Colorado, right? Which, yeah, I, which I imagine at that time wasn't too much of a of a lacrosse hotbed.
0: well, it, it was there. So it was all of the beginnings of of all of that idea. So now everyone kind of, I guess maybe it was the outlaws and the mammoth coming that really kind of solidified the idea of, of Colorado being a hotbed. But once mm-hmm. there's like this group, I found there's this group of like Hobart players who all moved out to Colorado and all started like to build everything. And even back then, I'd say it wasn't quite like it is now. I remember being able to go play in the Denver Lacrosse Club um, high school seasons, and I would go at like 8 a.m. for our game, and I'd be able to stay till noon playing in everyone else's games, too, because it wasn't so big. But now, you know, everyone's teams are stacked. You can't really kind of like hop through. It's kind of like that in men's league with certain teams, but it's just all grown so much.
1: Love it, love it. So then from there, you know, do you you go on to play in college, or you know, how did kind of your career in in lacrosse progress?
0: So I went. So I didn't even really think about playing in college very much. I knew it was a kind of a goal I had, but it wasn't something that I focused on. And actually, my senior year in college, um, I went on two recruiting trips and ended up going out to Goucher College. And so I was there for two years. Tore my ACL two two days before my first game sophomore season. Yeah, kind of had a full-on mental breakdown. Um, what was tough for me because I don't know, I was kind of like coaching from the sideline. That was the perspective that you know coaches had. And it was totally true. Like as I was looking, when when you come from being a player who's on the field, kind of being able to direct and like help players and do it to someone who is now on the sideline trying to direct, you kind of become that coach, which yeah. wasn't my place at all. And um, so it ended up kind of like turning me off in terms of the value I could I could do naturally and so I didn't end up actually like being a part of the team that year I think sometime in the middle I was just like I can't even I couldn't focus on that kind of idea but so then I went out to to Colorado and so I went back to CU and um, I actually never played in the spring season I played fall two years later and then started coaching right, right as I got there and then you know, that's kind of the college aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I love it. And how did you go about, like, you know, we're gonna talk a lot about uh, defense, because, you know, you are, I mean, you're great at breaking down offensive sets and teaching and teaching this game and, and what you're doing with power I'd love to get into that. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, how you went about learning all that, because it seems like you're such an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to, you know, breaking down these plays and and doing all that. <clears throat> I'm curious how you
0: went about learning that. So first it was film, right, and then the main thing. So after college, I, I I um coached at a youth correction center called Ridgeview Academy, and then figured out that was kind of too much for me in terms of the being a coach counselor there. And yeah. um, so from the developmental side, in terms of trying to create ideas that would solidify in players from players who had never really found the sport. You kind of have to be pretty quick if you're going to have a kid who's never played, but then is going to go play a team like Regis. Then when I left there to pursue lacrosse full time, um, you know, I started with mesh and things like that, but I had a really awesome opportunity to coach with Jamie Monroe at Mountain Vista High School. And he kind of broadened my knowledge incredibly in those two years as we were working with um, 3D as it was just developing in Denver and um, with Mountain Vista and so that's really where I got my master's in lacrosse and then yeah. before that I would say in terms of offensive concepts like I understood you know pairs ideas and and triangle offense and we had a bunch and college like kind of an amoeba set where everyone kind of went the same way each time but he was the one who really kind of brought into my idea of how many different types of sets you could do. And then the one thing that he challenged me to do more than anybody else, as I was coaching their JV and JV two programs, the second year I was there was as you're watching the game, you have an opportunity to be positive with a group, regardless of what happens. So unless guys are just throwing the ball away, but whether a goal, whether a goal is scored or a goal is prevented, you have something positive you can say. And so if you're if you're able to kind of use your peripheral vision and understand the game on, on a pretty deep level, you can commend the defense when the slide is right or when they get to hands versus always being one side of the ball centric. And so he really challenged me to do that. And that was something that, you know, helped to broaden the way I think of the game. And then once I had a pretty decent foundation, I remember when I left, and I, and I began coaching at Grandview, he was like, you know, I spent, he, he spent I think seven years at Yale when he was beginning his coaching career. And so he had like, he got a very, very thing. And he was like, just kind of recognize if you're going to be a head coach somewhere, you're not going to have, you know, this, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, you know, this depth of knowledge with all the new things you do each year, depending on the the players that you have. Yeah. And so I decided that, you know, that was kind of the direction I wanted to go. But at that point, film was completely different then. Yeah. And so as I watched a lot of the sets, I recognized how much he had put in with our mountain Vista team and how many different concepts I could just kind of like see now. And then it just became about solidifying my ideas watching through film in a way that was that I'm able to communicate now the majority of what I look at and I find I don't actually reference those coaches and so a lot of it is like I have the ideas in my head as far as as um what i would call them and my only job is to outline them on a level where I can have someone really be communicated to effectively right yeah
1: yeah yeah i totally get it i totally get it like i do i kind of do the same with teaching coaching goalies it's like i have this idea in my head and i have one very specific in my head right now and i'll go out and kind of find d1 lacrosse goalies pro lacrosse goalies doing that technique but then like break it down real simple real easy uh for the kids for the kids to understand is kind of what what you're saying Mm -hmm. Uh, I love Jamie Monroe, by the way, I presented at one of his, his goalie or not goalie summits his his summits that he does. Uh, Jamie's awesome. Jamie's awesome. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, so with your, you know, you being a head coach and by the way, I don't even know if we said this, you're not a goalie.
0: (laughs) I'm not a goalie. No. Right. So I was goalie for about three months when I was, when my brothers wanted to shoot on me and then I'm a pretty good three by goalie. That's, That's where I'm a decent goalie. But it
1: never stuck because I've heard a lot of goalies on this podcast where they're like, hey, I had this older brother. He, he wants someone to shoot on. The rest is history. Now these guys are playing at Georgetown or. At, yeah,
0: <laughs> I wanted revenge. I wanted to shoot at them, too.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, but you are a head coach, right? And so you, you've done quite a bit of coaching. And it's interesting because, you know, like so you said, there's so many. I'm different
0: an now. Say at, again? At Cherokee Trail. So I was at Grandview as a head coach. Now I'm an assistant at, at Cherokee Trail got it so um just to clarify in terms as my son was born i left grandview and then um now i'm an assistant but same same basic got it well congrats
1: on your son by the way
0: thank Thank you yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: we're multiplying in in our in our household there you go maybe some future goalies uh anyway the the point of my question is still the same it's it's you know as a lacrosse coach assistant head you've got Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of responsibilities right? And one of them is training this specialty position, such as the Fogos, such as the goalies. And how do you think about, you know, if you were a head coach, like, how do you, what would you be your advice to, to like a, um, a new lacrosse head coach on like how to incorporate those specialty
0: positions? The first thing is you have to dedicate time in practice or before practice to give them at least. So for goalies, they have to have a solid foundational warm up in every single practice. It's non-negotiable. Like y- you can't skip over that in any way. Right. And from my perspective, it's all about incorporating as many people in from the community that you can, especially for young coaches or-, or coaches who are, you know, maybe dads who have to step into that role. It's rely on other people who can maybe focus on that position. So we now have a, um, we have a, a face-off coach who takes our face-off players, you know, every day for a good 45 minutes to an hour to really solidify that position. Um, we don't have a goalie coach in the same format, but but we try and give our goalies a good, a good warm-up as stick skills are going um, you know, on other sides of the field. And so I'd say it's dive into the basics utilizing, you know, um sites like yours and get a good foundation or have someone who can get a good foundation in terms of what coaching in that area is like, so they can get a decent understanding, you know, through time. And then if you're, if you're lucky enough to live in a place that has, you know, we have LXTC out here who runs, um, which is, um, Trevor Tierney and, um, and so they run goalie evolution Academy and they, you know, one or two sessions with them is to give a solid foundation is, unbelievably transformational our goalie is a sophomore he won the starting varsity job playing goalie for a month last february wow. and one of the things he did was he went to those you know um he went to their clinics and it was just his his dedication has really helped him a lot yeah. um but that foundation in terms of technique and how to stand and all of those things has really helped him a lot
1: I love that answer. Yeah, I love that. That's totally correct. Um, And and it's interesting. Yeah, once you get just a little bit of a base, and maybe like you get the interest for the lacrosse position, and you kind of learn the basics from my site or or from Instagram or from YouTube or from wherever, then going to like that camp, I think can take you to the to a whole new level. Um, So I I love that. And by the way, so speaking to them, Ryan LaPlante, episode number Mm -hmm. one of this podcast, awesome <laughs> yeah he i i edited a video for him and he, And then i had this idea and i'm like hey ryan yeah, at the time he was with the outlaws i think so yeah um and he did it and it was great it was awesome i love those guys uh so when did you like when did powlax start then and and how did that idea come to be what was kind of the your in- initial thought with it
0: so when I was at CU and I was coaching for Boulder Valley and ICON, actually, when Trevor was with ICON with Josh Sims in Broomfield, um, I wanted to do lessons. I knew I wanted to coach. And so I was actually watching So what most people don't know is POWLAX actually stands for Pack of Wolves Lacrosse. And so I needed a name. I needed a logo. I needed something to send to people to say I was doing training and I was watching the Planet Earth series. And there was a video that they found of wolves Essentially sending like a flank dog out one way and then pouncing on the deer at the other spot, right? And I was like, dude, that's offense. Like you Um, draw to one side, you swing to the backside and you attack. Right. And so that's where the name came from. And so Powlax started as a as a private lessons company. It it blossomed into a um mesh producing, you know. I did custom mesh with Colorado flags, US flags, all kinds of custom. Um the goalie pieces were actually always the best because they were. I had a lot of room to, you know, be creative with. Yeah, but, bigger uh, canvas. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I was actually talking with Dave Denenberg. He he does a lot of stuff with the Team Israel um, or the Israeli national team. Yeah. And uh, we were talking yesterday, we had a box game on Sunday and he's got this really awesome, like full-sized Woody. And so um, either way, I made him a stick that had the uh, star David on it a while back and it was just a kind of a cool thing. But So it went from, Mesh producing, then it went into, um, you know, making videos, and I remember, I'm probably going to release a video, my very first ever video that I tried to create, which was me with my flat-billed hat, like, just so <laughs> novice, just kind of to show the, you know, the depth, like, you look at this, you know, thing now, this was actually my wedding present, my wife and I got officially married um in September. And creating a actual office setup was kind of one of my gifts, but it's amazing how much just getting started is so important in things like this, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I probably, I don't know if I screwed it around your question or not.
1: No, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally relate to that because it sounds very similar to how I got started with Lax Scully Rat, right? You, I mean, I'm in like embarrassed when I look back at some of the quality of video and audio, like that episode with Ryan LaPlante, like me on the laptop. And it's, you know, we got the earbuds going. And, uh but yeah, if you got the passion for the sport and you just get started and keep going, I think that's, um I think that's the key. Totally. So love it. Love In it, anything. Yeah. Well, you look good. You look good now. Yo, Thanks. You got, you yeah, got I the mean, studio setup
0: looks awesome. Right. Then <laughs> it's funny because this is all about being able to be quick. Right. So, like before, if you watch a bunch of my first videos, you know, those took, All the videos take a long, pretty much a long while to plan. But once you kind of start getting a database of things, you can really like access things quickly to get content out. But
1: yeah. And I have a little home studio set up too. Mm -hmm. It's it's nice because you could just sit down and like hit a button and it's ready to go. Right. So then you think of an idea and you're like, all right, let's get this out there. Um, Exactly. I love that. Cool. So speaking of ideas, get you know, getting ideas out there, you got a lot of training, um, specifically around offense, specifically around defense, specifically around, uh, you know, skills development, I'd, I'd really recommend everyone check out your site um, and and pass it along to their non-goalies. Do you have any goalie content on there, by the way?
0: I don't. So right. the, only, the only real goalie content I, I would say that really applies is, you know, clears and defense. And so um, from a non-goalie as being myself, my choice was to rely on others to produce that content. And I just got to get around to making that a uh, thing that I get done. All good, all good.
1: They, they can head over to Lax Goalie Rat for their, for their, goalie, their goalie content needs. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but one thing you do have is a lot of great defensive uh, material. And I wanted to, if we could, in this conversation, talk about, you know, talk about team defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a young goalie listening to this, if there's a young goalie dad, doesn't understand anything, you know, that kind of just getting started, you know, some basic concepts to where they can take out into the, out to the field to really understand, all right, I know team defense. I know, I don't know, clears, I know individual defense, so I can help, I can be that field general. Um, when I say that, what, you know, what comes to mind for you? Like, where do we even start?
0: Okay. So the first one's <laughs> going to be very kind of tough for younger goalies who are new to the position. Yeah. But I'd say once you have a few games under your belt and you get a preference for the shots you want to see, make that known. Because if there are certain shots you see that you're like, man, I I don't have enough experience at like, you know, say it's a dodge down the alley, a rollback to a shot around a screen. If If you want the defense to push players in another direction that isn't really happening, I think that's kind of foundational in terms of being able to be the general, right? Like, yeah. So much of defense, from my perspective, in learning it has never really been around the idea of creating the best shots for the goalie. It's always been, you know, push him down the side. And, you know, there's a bunch of new, def- not, it's probably not even new, but it's probably just hit me where instead of pushing down the alley, you're now pushing to the top because you have less you have you basically have less swing players in terms of getting the ball from the front side to the back side. So if you start top center and now we're swinging maybe two players to the pipe, it's not the five players that you would have going from one side of the field to the other. So the first thing would be figure out which shots you really hate. Let that be known. And then from, from a very new standpoint, you've got to start studying the defense that your coach is trying to put in. Yeah. Right?
1: Like if I could just make a quick to understand. a quick comment on your first point. If we could wrap yeah. about that for a little bit cuz I think that's a really important point. And and yeah. one of the ways that goalies can do that is in practice, you know, like you said, just communicate, right? In practice, someone takes a shot and it's and it's a 13-yard shot and it sails wide and you're like, I will I will save that one 90% of the time, right? Yep. As soon as that sails wide, you're telling your team you know, take a couple steps out like guys all day, I'll take that shot all day, right? So that's That's one way you can do it. Or on the other hand, right, they score and it's top center and it's, you know, nine yards. It's like, hey guys, let's, I don't know, push them out. Let's not let 23 shoot, right? So so those are the kind of um, commands or communication tactics you can use to let your team know like,
0: I want this kind of shot. I don't want this kind of shot, right? So in that, I think one of the most important things, especially for young players, is the acknowledgement and the accountability, right? Like when that 13-yard shot that usually sails wide just like sticks a corner and you know you saw it and you know you could have got to it, maybe you were just, you weren't set or something, that acknowledgement of, you know, that one's on me is so important from the goal. So what we do at CT is anytime a goal is scored, everyone has to come in. Like, I don't care if you're the midi that has to be on the wing, you come in. And the first thing that we teach when we do that is there's no you, it's I, you know, how did I affect that play? And I don't care if you were a mile and a half away from the play. Mm -hmm. Your thing is, you know, I didn't get in as the two to allow the slide to go quick enough. Like, sorry, I got to be in a little farther to make sure that you feel like you can go. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, if a goalie brings that out, it allows all of the other players to acknowledge when they make the mistakes and to say, you know, you basically have two questions. Is it, do we not understand what's what we need to do? Or, or do we just not execute that point in time? Right. And so that accountability will allow, first off, it'll allow players to understand that failure is a part of the game and that you're allowed to fail. The key is making sure that you're allowed to fail in, in a sense of, you're going to try not to do, let that happen again, yeah. but it allows us to kind of all be on the same page together and to, you know, work towards becoming a better team so that we can all communicate.
1: Yeah, totally. And owning your mistakes is, is a part of leadership too. I mean, if, if your team D sees a goalie and they're like, oh man, he should have had that one. And the goalie's like, guys, like that, that's on me. I should have had that one. You know, you, you, you earn, you earn some respect in their eyes. Right. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Okay, so we got that, the communication piece. And then, and then you were basically getting into, you know, there's not, there's not like a specific defense that, you're gonna, that you could teach right now. It's kind of more like, what, what is your team trying to do, right? Let's, let's, let's understand that at the deepest level possible. Um, totally. And how do you do that?
0: So it depends on the level. So from my perspective, in terms of a goalie, your first objective is, you know, see the ball, react to the ball, stop the ball. Right. Yeah. Once that is not a terror in your head, and you're not over anxious about that, <clears throat> you can start adding in new stuff. This is at least how I perceive it from someone who's not a goalie. But so, once you understand that, you understand kind of where you want the defense to direct. Now it's how can I help my defenseman. And so right. I know when I was in high school, it was the 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 goalie is going to tell you when to slide and. We've gone away from that um, in terms of reading the plays as a, as a point of almost creating any kind of two man. So if you just have a crease guy and a Dodger, the crease is probably going to mirror. And so for the defenseman there, who, who's thinking about sliding, he's got to read that play and then, you know, judge when he's going. But I guess you can have them. You you can have the goalie who will also direct it. But the other thing is if you can if you get to the more advanced levels and you start to know who your opponents are going to be anytime you can, you know, lefty lefty, or, you know, that's the shooter. We got to get out to him Mm -hmm. and you can kind of give hints to the other players. That's invaluable things like, and I don't coach this enough, but I definitely need to in terms of warmups and things and and how we, how we train our goalies. And um, it's always giving where the ball is. Because as, as, as I've been playing box and getting back into that, I noticed that as my head's on a swivel, you know, as an offense, as a more offensive player, I think defense is the hardest thing in the world right behind being a goalie, because as I'm, as I'm spinning like this, balls move twice. I haven't caught the ball. Right. Right, And so by, by knowing where the ball is, because my goalie is, is talking to me, that's huge. And, um, you know, in terms of driving up from X, you know, are we going to turn him or are we going to drive him out to the wing? Um, are, are we, you know, showing and going? Um, if there's a two-man at X, am I, you know, stepping to the pipe and kind of stepping out to get that role player because we're going to send a double? And there, there's all kinds of advanced kind of tactics. The yeah. main key, I'd say, is you mm-hmm. need to know everyone's job at all times once you get up to, to that level. And that's where you see, you know, goalies um, who really excel. Like, I love Galloway. He's so loud. Like any of his broadcasts, you hear him all the time. Right. And then even with a lot of the collegiate goalies, they know everyone's responsibility in every defensive set and in every single clear that it's just, you know, it's a lot of work, but that's when you really become a true leader. When you, you know, as a captain of a ship, you understand every single rivet in that entire ship and you know exactly where the weak points are, you know exactly where everything is and your ability to kind of direct in terms of how how you can help others be their best selves within their defense, within the defense.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. Love that so much. And to your very first point you made there, that doesn't all have to happen right away. Right. Oh, no, like, no. right. When you're a youth goalie, here's the thing. The goalie is the only one that can make the saves. Right. So like focus mm-hmm. on making the saves. Cause a lot of youth say like, well, every time I try to start communicating or I start, um, you know, trying to trying to be a leader or, or organize the defense, like it messes up my saves. I would say, start, focus on the ball location because that, and, and communicate that. Cause like you said, that's a, that's incredibly valuable. And it's very easy to do. Um, and then make the saves. And then as you kind of progress, now I can make the saves and I can call the slides. Now I can make the saves and I can, you know, give, give tips. So, yeah, I love
0: that. So, and and I don't know if this is true, but when I think about the possibility of like being a goalie, so in three by things like that, right. Whenever there's like an alley dodge, and I know this guy is probably going to shoot it. Right. And and in terms of what I know Trevor teaches in terms of, you know, staying set, not moving, So that you're not catching body weight to push it somewhere else. If the shot goes elsewhere, if I think about having to bark a command, like sending a slide, I'm already distracted. Right. So there's a time and a place when you can communicate and when you can't, and that, that seems to be a, you know, if a shot is imminent, you have nothing else to worry about other than, you know, trying to react to the ball, finding the ball, reacting to the ball, trying to make that save.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've had Division One goalies on on this podcast, like college, you know, best goalies, and I'm and I asked them like, how do you, you know, as a freshman, communicate to your defense, and you know, being like being so young, and they're like, oh, coach, coach told me not to worry about that, right? Like I'm, my job mm-hmm. on this team, on this defense, is to make the saves, right? The defensive yep. calls of slide and hot and go and two, like those guys actually worry about that, um, and I make the saves. So even at that level, like sometimes you still see goalies. And now don't get me wrong. Like the most elite goalies can do it all, but those, you know, those are, those are the elites.
0: What is your, what is your thought on that? Do you, if you, is it all based on the specific goalie in terms of, do you tell them to possibly initiate decisions for the defense? Other than like, you know, um, other than like turn them or like individual one-on-one defensive hands. Yeah. You know, To
1: be fair, I haven't coached a lot of like organized team lacrosse. I coached Mm -hmm. uh, like I coached an under 12 Berkeley team uh, right after I graduated. I was the head coach. Um, So I've got like a little bit of experience, but not not quite a bit. But I think that I think that it just depends on the goalie. Like some goalies can handle making the saves and handle making the communication and they love it. Like they are those those leaders. They are the captains out there. And like the defense just gets pumped up and. And yeah. revol- and revolves around them, and some goalies are not, right? And yeah. and and I think that if if uh, doing the communication is causing them to not make saves, then like you got to focus on the saves. Totally. So, um. Well, cool. Uh, so, if we're talking about defensive concepts, um, wh- what else should we talk about?
0: You know, it, well, so the one thing that I when 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 you reached out and you were like, you know, let's talk defense. The one thing that really stuck out to me was clearing. So when, when goalies are clearing and understanding the clear and how it works and how we're spreading the field, the goalie is the one player on the field that I feel like regardless of, uh, of who they're talking to, you know, for the most part on, on coach teams where players understand, you know, I'm not going to do that part. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and help in as many ways as I possibly can um, to, to help our goalie. Their ability to direct and understand how clearing works is is so foundational, right? Like, yeah, you are Tom Brady, yeah. right, on the clear. You are, the, the, and so I think that that, in, in terms of owning the idea behind the clear and where players are, is something that can kind of go, it can go kind of to the wayside when, some coaches are are trying to organize and do everything else in terms of just giving the goalie the ability and the goalie really focusing on understanding how the clear works so that when when we do you know be, come back into the defensive end and we all talk to each other you know recognizing how to lead in in that quarterback sense of being the quarterback of the clear right
1: yeah i 100% agree with that and that's kind of gets back to what we were just talking about we're like you know ideally you understand the defense at that level too, but, but certainly the clear, I mean, you're, you, like you said, you are Tom Brady on the clear. You need to understand like where the looks are. You need to help uh, communicate who are the open people on the, f- the open folks on the field um, as the goalie. And then, yeah, I mean, yep. then there's just, you know, outlet passes and, and little crease play that, that you can learn. I've got some videos of that on my site, um, t- kind of teaching those concepts. Uh, but when you teach the clear specifically for a team defense like what kind of ideas do you talk about
0: well so it's um you know if we break out in a clear you got to know so here's how I kind of teach it so you make a save you've got you know I'd say three three quarters of a second to look upfield you know then you kind of look out to your mids who should be heading off box And then you've got another, you know, second to look left and right to find out where your bearings are. And by that time, you got to know who's around you and you got to get out away from anyone who's, you know, trying to have their stick up, you know. Um, And so from that perspective, it's then, you know, you got to know where your looks are. If everybody is, if everybody's covered. Or your your wings are now covered. You've got to buy yourself time by moving your feet and then finding whoever's open up field, right? Um, And then if if you know if you have time now, we're all walking up together. So those defensemen who bananaed out for you and you move it out to one of them. If they start taking space, you've got to take space with them, and you got to stay even because the ability to like be looking up field as a defenseman taking space and then turn around to look back at you near the crease, like just understanding your your job in those as well as you know how alphas work which is you know who's guarded by the attackman who's going to step over do we have a second um sub coming back towards us depending on which clear you're you're running but it's just you really have to kind of know all those things yeah. i think i skirted around your question again honestly no, but- it's
1: all right it's all right <laughs> um yeah 100 agree with that yeah the way i coach is um and it's interesting because a lot of young goalies will talk about um, almost like a sense of panic, uh, mm-hmm. like a feeling panicked when they when they make the save, and like that's a horrible feeling,
0: <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> um, for for a young goalie, especially after you've just done something so amazing, which is make a save, yeah, right? Totally. So, and now now I feel panicked. So, uh, the first tip is just relax, right? I mean, you got four seconds, you got time, uh, ten seconds in the women's game, obviously. But um yeah, the first look, you know, is exactly where the shot came from. Cause a lot of times that that MIDI has has his is your defense watching person, a shot. He's watching <laughs> a shot, right? That's exactly yeah, what it is. It's like basketball is totally. watching the shot, right? And 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 the defensive MIDI is behind him, and you can just hit a little lob, and there you go. You're you're off to the races. Um, but the other thing I was gonna mention too, in terms of being like a leader, is you know, always providing your your defense like a clear option i think you kind of m- mentioned this when you're talking about moving up as a unit but also like you know your defensive guy scoops one in the corner now as a goalie i'm going behind the crease to give him yeah. an option to pass and yell here's your help here's your help right here's your help yeah um so i think understanding that element of the clear uh makes makes you a leader makes you a better a better goalie right totally yeah um Cool. And then, so like on your site, you, you teach like different. I know you've got like a bunch of different defensive concepts. Uh, talk to me about, and maybe you could even like give us a little behind the scenes, uh, s- like sneak you peek want here. Some stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Because <laughs> um, I know, okay, so I know you, you, you break down video and kind of go, go through it. Um, yeah. But it'd be, it'd be cool to see if one or two, if we could.
0: So let's, let's find one. Okay. So here's one actually. This will be a fun one because I actually got to make something on this here shortly. So one thing that I think goalies have to understand, not, not, okay. When you get to the advanced levels and you understand we got crushed on this last year. So we were actually playing East and East is coached by Dylan Ward and it's getting to the end of the game. We're down by, I think one and they have the ball and you recognize that we do not know what to do. So, like, in terms of what I call end game doubles, what do you do when they kind of either pull it to X or they're they're you know playing um, in you know you, you have to go send a double, right? So, I'll kind of show you kind of where I
1: yeah. So your team's down by one, like you need the ball, yep. right? You got, so you got you got a double.
0: Here we've got a bunch of clips using score break, and this is what they use. But so you know, in this situation north carolina is down by two they're gonna have to send a double how do they do it right so the ball is thrown goalie's got to know to come out of the cage are we doubling with the goalie or is the goalie going to be sent out to um to someone else to send the double with someone else uh-huh. right here they caused the turnover and now they're moving up field this will be the same kind of idea in the Towson and duke game and so in terms of being a goalie who kind of knows everything like you got to know the plan in these situations. And I'm not sure exactly where, you know, what all of these exactly are, but, you know, here, so this is one thing that I love doing. I love being able to send a double and a random ball out of bounds in our our defensive zone, right? Especially if the ball is below GLE, right? I love the ability to send a, a, a just random double and and pull the goalie to defend someone so here also 10-man ride like i love the 10-man ride i love the ability to just be a player to try to try to defend in space yeah um but so this is kind of just one of the things so um i know i don't think i have the end game double video done but the 10-man ride is definitely done like that that this clip kind of like shows exactly it right duke north carolina so much riding on it Um, this was two years ago I'm not sure who the Duke goalie was then Um, but you know he's trying to he's got to defend this player and they're gonna try and send him out right but he but he allows for the double turnovers caused and now we're up because of you know because of the goalie doing his thing yeah Um, it's just so amazing to me that you know
1: lacrosse is i mean you could break it down in so much and so much strategy i mean you got 20 videos right there on on end game doubles (laughs) right
0: yeah it's awesome
1: right and that's just like i mean that is just such one small element of of this game but yeah i mean hey it it could get you a win right if you understand that and you and your team and you as a goalie know like all right this is this is what an end game double looks like this is what it looks like when we need the ball and we're down by one or two with short amount of time that's crazy totally um all Um, right now you got me super curious who was the duke goalie two years ago right why you look at the next one i'll I'll look that up
0: yeah let me see if i can't find i want to find the uh high point um two man let's see turner
1: upgen upgren yeah i never had him on the podcast
0: yeah one day one uh, day one day turner right so the um one of the things is i've I've continued to study is so you asked about powlax earlier and kind of what powlax was what I, what I recognized a long time ago was i have these playbooks that have you know everything i was doing in high school college um when i coached for ridgeview when i coached uh, at mountain vista with jamie when i coached at grandview and when i was you know trying to come up with my own kind of feel where we developed the 2112 motion offense the thing that i noticed th- that i felt most was how can i help everyone right i'm building all of this stuff it seems totally uh, what's the word i want to use it seems egotistical to keep it to myself right yeah and so that's where palax was like truly born it was First, first it was I created these videos, I put it behind a paywall, and then I was listening to a Gary Vee podcast and he said, you know, whatever you do, if you want to like become a name in a space, do what you do best, fill a void and give it away for free. And so that's where all the videos, then I took all those videos, I put them onto YouTube and it just became about sharing everything that I could create so that basically everyone could have my playbook right and the thing is is there's this there's this feeling of like ego of like i don't want you to know what i'm going to do because then i don't know if you know because i'm giving you the information right but when it comes down to the day my understanding of the game has nothing to do with what our our team is going to do right like Mm -hmm. just because i understand how i would like my goalie to play you know picks behind by coming out to play the um To play the um, to play the slip player, yeah, right. That doesn't even matter because I if I haven't trained them on that. So when you look at it and you think about okay, well, I don't want this other coach to know kind of what we're doing. You got to think you're you're at three, you're you're three stages away. You're what did I have? What did I put on the internet? What did that coach take from what I put on the internet? And then what did that coach give to the players on the field about what I put on the internet? And you're like, okay, that doesn't matter that fear of like sharing is non-existent at that point. And it's funny because every single coach in every single IMLCA convention that is teaching anything says this, he says, this is something that, you know, we stole from Loyola when, when he invited me over to play and, you know, we, we tweaked it in this way. And, you know, everything that you, you see here is 80% stolen and then like 20% modified. And, and it's cool because you kind of just get this understanding of everyone in the lacrosse community is a group that is moving through time, helping each other and, and helping to create the best environment that we can for each other. And that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the overall idea that I have behind Palax in general. It's like, how can we yeah. help each other? How can we do best by one another? And, and one of the things that like for any coaches that are listening, I love congratulating an opponent goalie when he makes a great save Mm. i love it it's going to help you with the refs it's going to help you with everyone and people are going to understand that you value the soul and the you know the value of the game more than you value just winning or your own thing and like you know i've had goalies be like look at me and like shake my hand as that first player in line and be like dude thank you like just your congratulations was like you know It it just means so much to be to find value in the game instead of just value in in, in your guys, because we're all just these nodes in this big at this this big network of lacrosse and just that positive environment we can all create for not only our players but the players we're competing against is is just so essential to you know creating just a great environment.
1: Yeah. And 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 growing the and growing this game. I I think that your story is very similar to mine in the sense that, um, you know, I, I wanted to grow the game and I wanted to do that via like getting this goalie knowledge out there, the kind of goalie knowledge that like, I knew, I knew I had, cause people kept asking me those exact same questions, uh, mm-hmm. like over and over and over until it was like, you know, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, so let's get it out there. Right. And then somebody in, you know, a small town in the, in the Midwest can now like get, amazing lacrosse goalie coaching or like amazing defensive coaching or offensive coaching, uh, like, yeah. w- like what you offer. So that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, and there's so many, I mean, the, you know, the, I'm sure you've gone down rabbit holes <laughs> in, in lacrosse yeah. where like, like, like I mean, I just saw you just saw, showed us 20 videos of, of end game scenarios, you know, so you're like, next thing you know, you're like down this rabbit hole, but you can do that in the lacrosse goalie too, because there's a lot of different ways to play the position, right? Yeah. Like you look at a guy like Dylan Ward, six, five, right? Huge, oh. big, big guy, right? He comes yeah. out, right? He play he plays a real high arc. You look at a guy like Adam Gittleman, he's my height, five, eight, five, nine, right? You know, yeah. shorter, quicker. So there's a lot of different elements, even even at this lacrosse goalie position. And I think that for me, like studying these guys And kind of um, calling out like different things that they do to see if like, hey, is that something you want to do in your game? Yeah. Um, Give it a try. If it works, you've got a brand new technique. If it doesn't work, then you can feel even more confident knowing that like, hey, I can't play a high arc. I can't. That's not me. It's not my game. Right. So,
0: yeah, you reminded me again about Dylan Ward. So the whole point of the Endgame double story was to tell you this. So <clears throat> ball goes out of bounds. They call timeout or they were about, they were about to run out of the box. Cause we still have to keep it in, in Colorado. Um, so we don't have shot clocks yet. And so they call timeout as we came out, we sent seven field players, right? So okay. we didn't even bring a goalie. Cause we're like, we're down to, we have to get the ball back. Right. And so Dylan is like illegal. You can't not have a goalie. And like for me i was like what are you talking like how is that how are we in an advantage not playing with a goalie that's that's awful right so we ended up losing the game and then in the handshake line dylan's like dude just make a goalie play attack and i was like (laughs) oh (laughs) I'm like dude you should have told he's like like, I'm not gonna tell you in that scenario but so in in an end game situation if you ever want to have seven field players your goalie just has to be an attackman and so it was just so funny that you know in that competitive nature like he shared that with me after the game he's like I knew what you were trying to do but that's just how you do it and so it was just so cool in terms of kind of understanding that concept from you know from dylan which was yeah. just
1: awesome and you got a great story behind learning learning right? that lesson <laughs> yeah
0: totally totally
1: but you're right the rule book says you have to have one equipped goalie on the field but it doesn't say where they have to be right they, exactly. they can be in the attack zone they could be in the defensive zone <laughs>
0: that's awesome totally so before we talked about um so i, I want to show this clip of um picks behind uh virginia high point third quarter high points down by one we got picks behind so there's a video i made on on this play from virginia they're 222 from x which they run it so well but so now this is tim troutner in goal who obviously everybody knows now from his behind the back in the mll um or the pll game but so basically he's going to come out and he's going to play this he's going to allow for the double to happen because he's playing oh. the, the slipping player yeah right? and so like I also have a video on what you do on hangups, right? So in the Syracuse-Maryland game, McNaney, they got hung up, right? And his ability to play a pipe and then just push the goalie wide enough or push the attackman wide enough to allow the defenseman to play it is so huge. But so you watch this, and they ran this again before, but so Conrad can't make the play. Now we're in transition, and you just see, you know, our transition work. Nice goose. Asher catches it inside, has a nice dodge to a filthy BTB goal. (laughs) And and that was all because of, like, this is the play of the year in 2019 from my perspective, right? Like, this was incredible because he comes out to play him, and then you have this push of transition. And then, you know, just the way to end it with Asher sticking this BTB was just unreal. Yeah, I know that all starts because of Tim. Yeah I'm a huge fan of
1: goalies um, if they can like you know being involved in the defense where it makes sense and if you're just yeah. listening to the audio what happened on that play right two-man play from behind guy goes to set a screen Tim Tratner sort of slips out the back and instead of doing like a switch or fighting through the screen both defensive players just stay there and double right and Tim slips out the back and covers the other guy so he goes to look to to make that feed as you would when you get doubled, right? And he goes, oh crap, like the goalie's covering that guy and then he gets stripped. Um, I love that play. Totally. Yeah. Let's check out one more of those, could we?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's see. Um, I'm actually not sure. This is one of the only teams that I know does it. So let me, um, I know they did it a little further. Let's see if I have it tagged. What is this software, by the way? So, this is Score Break. And score so, break. Um, basically, this is so a buddy of mine in, in high school, Jordan Hendry, he created it. And so, this is what I'd say. So, if you ever see an iPad on the sideline, like for Maryland, UNC, Denver, they're all using this. Um, they're all using this uh, software. software. And yeah, so, wow. I want to say they said they have. um. What is it? Uh, I don't want to say they have like 80% of the college. Okay. this I think this is the next one. This might be the same one. Yeah, it's the same one. Here it is. I think this is another game. Or no, this isn't it. Sorry. Let's see. There's a double coming soon, though. That was a nice double.
1: Um, Is that Alex Alex Road? How how old is this? I
0: think 2019. Yeah. Or it might be a little earlier.
1: Let's see. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, here we go. No, I think I only have it once. All good. Might just be this one. But But Tim was really good at doing it. Like he... He was just excellent at doing it.
1: Yeah, well, he's—I mean, he's an athlete, right? You saw—you mentioned that play in the PLL, right? Comes down, yeah, runs the full length of the field after a bounce pass, catches it and and goes BTB. Uh, yeah, that was awesome play. Awesome play.
0: So the other one, the other play that I just love that I had—I'll um, see if I can't pull it up. I should be able to find it um, pretty quickly, but is um, if goalies carry over right when goalies carry over the midline i know that for a lot of goalies that that's like really crap because now we don't have any numbers advantage right but if um if other teams use a lock off everyone but the goalie ride like if you can be quick enough to get through the center of the field you have like full rights to go and shoot at least on my teams um but the one thing that I want goalies to understand is you are the perfect give and go candidate. Like you are the ultimate give and go candidate, because if you throw it to an attackman, they can send that feed into you so quickly. And like um, I've got a great video of one of our, of our, one of our goalies doing it. I don't know how quickly I'll be able to find it, but. That's all right. Someone- While you're pulling that
1: up. I um I mean, there's, there's a clip that, By the way, I've been watching a lot of college lacrosse um, specifically for the goalies. And anytime there's like a a walk off save or anytime there's a goalie goal or an assist, you know, those are awesome plays. Um, Ryan Cornell, the um, uh, Vermont goalie. Perfect example of what you're just talking about. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. He ran the trailer break. He runs, he runs the full length of the field after like making a really nice play on defense, like scooping a ground ball outside of the crease and just boom, turns on the jets, lacrosse dads would be yelling wheels and, and, you know, yeah. turn, turns it on and, um, gives it up like sort of outside of the box almost to his attackman And then just keeps, keeps on going, gets it right back. Right. He, he's about ready to, uh, become a threat to score, dishes it off guy scores. Awesome play.
0: Totally. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's amazing how the defense when a goalie comes over, right? Everyone knows that like pride point of we can't let the goalie score <laughs> yeah, come on well, so, the,
1: if the goalie scores it's a huge momentum swing. Um, you terrible. know what I mean? Like, I mean, your sideline's going to go nuts if you're doing it, right? Absolutely, yeah,
0: I remember the first time I saw um our Mountain Vista goalie had a goal and it was because they did that lock off ride. And it was just, you know, it pumped us up. I think we won that game by one against uh rock Canyon. It was, it was a great, great time.
1: Nice. Yeah. Goalie goals. Oh man. Nothing can change the momentum of a game like a one-on-one save or a
0: goalie goal. Totally. Especially like a double fake finish save where the goalie like bit on the first, but then, somehow gets back and like i totally blame the shooter in those situations because you're like he bit so hard that you just put <laughs> it back where he where, where he was like
1: yeah yeah you're, you're talking about like the tillman johnson kyle burnlore like you, mm-hmm. you you jump up you get faked and then you reach across and and make yeah. the save love that save like yeah
0: like mcnanny in the um in the maryland game this weekend he hopped out to play the the, the sneak from x he hopped out a goal And so then the ball moved once and then shot came and he dove back into the goal. It was when, um, it was when um, they they mentioned that he was like limping, but he was actually out of, out of cage when I, when I watched it again, he's, he's, he's definitely a goalie who is, you know, next level. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just had the, what's the Virginia's goalie's name? Tillman Johnson or Alex road. the, The new one.
1: Oh, uh, Matthew Noons. Matthew Noons. Matthew Noons.
0: Is ridiculous.
1: Isn't he? Uh, man, yeah. he and it's crazy because I mean, he's from Texas, right? Like not a hotbed of lacrosse. Um, yeah. yeah. And I just had him on and he's just awesome kid. Awesome. Awesome. Young man, just like in terms of the way he thinks about things. And, you know, I asked him I mean, he's the number one goalie of his class. And I asked him like that list comes out and like, how you feel about that? You know, and it's his answer was just like amazing just like giving credit to all the other goalies right like these guys are amazing um but at the same time like that's a pressure on me that's a privilege i get to work that hard right to to maintain that number one spot um and just yeah awesome guy awesome guy so yeah i'm rooting for him big time the uh
0: the thing he said that was like you know that Virginia has the privilege of having that pressure of being two time defending champions is, you know, the goalies who have been there for years who he beat out as a freshman, right. They're like, we just want to win. We, We just want to win again. Right. So we, I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's you. That's something that is so difficult to build in within your culture Um, you know, book I'll, I'll mention is, um, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. That's definitely something where, you know, as they were in their combat zones, you know, there's no, there's no room for that, right. You got to take accountability for what you do and you got to make sure that you're doing whatever you can to help the other, you know, the other players around you and the way just the, the, the culture that coach Tiffany has built and the way, you know, I hope that in the event that he becomes a junior and the new freshman might beat him out. I, i like, I feel like because of their culture, he will maintain that. Of course. Yeah. Um, as, as he grows. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That kind of leads to, I know, I know we're at the hour. We could probably chat all day uh, about lacrosse, but, but oh, I do, I, <laughs> I do want to um, talk about one thing as a, as a, as a head coach, mm-hmm. how do you instill, a culture that um, respects
0: the goalie. So, first, it's acknowledgement in any save ever, right? Well, yeah. Anytime the goalie makes a yeah. save in practice, it's like everybody's getting up for him. And so it's funny because I've had a bunch of teams who, when you know, when our attackman snipes the corner, ooh ah, you know. But when our goalie makes this like crazy save you know it kind of went unacknowledged and so it's at that point you know we'll bring everybody in like that's that's the play you gotta commend right like and so i think that's definitely where it starts but then it comes into you know obviously getting your goalie at the end of games um and then in terms of like respecting goalies like I'll go back to my comment on like when another an opponent opposing goalie will make a save like commending them on the save because from a, from a head coach's perspective, you the way you hold yourself and what you pay attention to is, is more important than what you say. And so as you're trying to impact young people, you can tell them something till you're blue in the face, but until they experience it, they're not going to have that true understanding of what you're meaning Mm-hmm. but they do understand how you hold yourself and what you pay attention to right like if you're running stick skill drills but you're not focusing on them stick skills kind of fall by the wayside if a goalie makes a save and you're not commending them it kind of falls by the wayside the other the other thing i'll say is um making sure everyone knows that when we get scored on everyone comes up and you know daps the goalie and we all figure out kind of what happened you know and um then that kind of goes back to your accountability piece. But I think it's just setting the precedent that on every save, you know, we commend them and yeah, just kind of leading by example in that respect.
1: Love it. Totally. Yeah. Like a lot of, uh, youth coaches, I'll see like, Hey, I'm having trouble, like getting someone to come out for goalie, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a And one of the things I'll, I'll talk about with them is like, well, like, is it, are you making it fun? Are you making it cool? Like, you know what I mean? Are you, are you, are you giving them the tools that they need? And a lot of times the answer is no. And it it starts with going nuts on saves. Like, like you said, it's the first thing you said. That was the first thing in my head. Like if you're not going nuts on saves, then what are they even doing in there? Like, I mean, that that makes it so much fun for the goalie because getting hit with a lacrosse ball in the shoulder, in the calf and the thigh that sucks. I mean, that that's not fun for anybody. And, and like, pros will tell you that yeah you get used to it right but but what makes that so great is seeing your teammates go nuts is seeing your head coach just you know jump up and down because you made a save for the team and that feels really good
0: totally the other so another one we do with tennis balls is we'll have competitions yeah so we're either running or we're not based on what percentage of saves the goalie thinks that they can get against either a coach or player so like we'll we'll put the player at like you know 12 13 um if they can handle it we'll we'll run with the real balls depending on how far out you are but then they get 10 shots right if they save six nobody runs if they if they save five everybody runs right but then everybody's sitting there watching right and so there's a when those saves get made then it's like everyone's elated right right like, and and that's just a um in that moment, you also I think one of the things that on your podcast and many others in terms of goalies is like getting to the next save, right? It's really difficult in a game because it doesn't happen right away, right, and you and you're sitting there, and if it's in your head and you're continuing to think about it, it's really tough. But in that moment, if you don't make a save, next shot's coming in, you know. You know, three, four seconds, or, or I don't know, fifteen seconds. Everybody's watching you. You're yeah. hoping, and like you get that kind of repetition of like, "Okay, it went in." Okay, but now I got to focus. Now I'm now I'm on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which you know, and there's tons of pressure there if everybody's running. But I when, love
1: that. I love that so much because a lot of times, like you know, if you can create those pressure-filled moments, then all of a mm-hmm. sudden when you're in like a big game or a big tryout, like you've been in that moment before, and and having the weight of you know and people are running if you don't make those saves and everyone's looking yeah. at you. That's a great, that's a great scenario. I love that so much. So all right, Patrick, this has been a ton of fun. Um, you know I, I was going to mention I just had a stick created by I think someone someone that you know as well the the Lock Knots monster, John.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, John.
1: Uh he he strung me up a traditional uh goalie stick. So um I can't wait I can't wait to get that. It's awesome. Yeah he's um, a good dude. Yeah, and you presented at Laxcon, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. What was your what what did you talk about?
0: I talked about offensive exploration and essentially my my the transformation I've had offensively from going from like triangle offenses in in high school to um stuff we did in college to Qs motion offense basically through all the sets that I've outlined and yeah. Where I found faults in them, kind of like things I experimented with each of them, and you know where basically a navigation of where I failed with each set to give coaches an understanding of exactly kind of what you know they might see or kind of what I saw. And so actually, I need to post that too um, <laughs> at, at some point here soon. love it. well, that's that's
1: the next step, right? Like after you know after as a for a goalie, I mean, after you learn the defense, right? Like mm-hmm. if you want to take it even further, let's learn some offensive concepts so you know what what offenses are trying to do. I mean, you could go down this rabbit hole as far as you want, uh,
0: yeah. but that's
1: you know, that's the reason your site exists. Uh, totally. Pow pa- Lax, Pack of Wolves. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. it. Uh, where should people <laughs> go to uh, uh, check everything out?
0: So um, pallax.com, that's where everything is organized and kind of housed in terms of all of the coaching content. And then, um, I produce some more, um, I'd say, entertaining content on um, TikTok, Instagram. I've got a LinkedIn, Facebook, all of those things, and you know you can hit me up on any any of those platforms. I love it. Well, I'll link up to that. Um, oh, YouTube too. YouTube's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where all the ha- the videos actually live. So I guess I should mention that one too.
1: <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well, I'll link up to that when this comes out. Um, Patrick, thanks a lot for coming on. And if you had to leave the goalies out there with one final piece of advice, what what would that be?
0: Oh man, you're going to, Oh, that's a put on the spot. One piece of advice. Yeah. Just one. Oh man. I would say failure is a stepping stone to success. So recognize every failure is, you're just evaluating the waters, right? Like nothing, you know, the cliche thing is every failure or the only people who really fail are the people who quit. So you fail and then you end up quitting. I believe in that wholeheartedly, but really it's, you know, every failure is an evaluation of what's going to work. And so, you know, you got the 10,000 light bulbs theory there too, but, you know, believe in yourself, believe in what your mission is and. Just you know, keep plugging away and enjoy it. That's you know, I never found that love in in being that player. But if you like it, like you know, enjoy it. Love love what you do, especially when it comes to playing lacrosse. Like our game is incredible, and so you are the foundation of it. Because when a goalie doesn't show up, and I've got to throw a you know a tarp in, shooters don't get the same practice. The defense doesn't get the same practice. It's not the same without you. Like never underestimate the void that you know or the the feeling the void that would be left without you like you are so essential to you know everything we do on a lacrosse field very well said patrick thank you so much thank you have a good one
1: so there you have it hope you enjoyed that conversation that was patrick chapla from Powlax. awesome awesome conversation a lot of great insights in there, I think I love the little clip he showed about uh, with Tim Trattner back when he was at high Point. Awesome to see how an athletic goalie can really change your whole defense if they 're able to play outside of the crease. I thought that was really cool once again that 'll do it for this week. Hope you learned a thing or two that you can take into your own game it 's the middle of April here, and before you know it, the national championships for lacrosse will be upon us. I know the summer season is close to being here. So if you want to get some lacrosse goalie coaching, a couple options, you can head over to laxgoalierat.com slash college. That will get you hooked up with the college goalie training packs. I've sponsored seven elite college athletes this year, and we put together some training packs for the youth goalies. You can get some tips virtually, get some inspiration, get some mentorship from these elite college goalies that I've had so much fun watching this season. All right, that'll do it. If you made it this far, thank you so much. As always, get out there. Get some work in. Do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lacks Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.